This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Saturday, 18 November, Year of Valor 2023. Obviously, um, uh, a, a lot, not just going on, but time to go on offense. This, um, The release of the tapes, and people are going to be working there all weekend. And you've already seen uh, some of the... Um, some of the uh, some of the folks, in fact, over at the Great Awakening site, other sites, people are going in, civilians, professionals, and, and pulling in amazing clips already. I know it's going to be done in a more comprehensive way uh, as as people go through this. But it, the release of that that forty four thousand hours remember it was only fourteen thousand hours when it was first a protective orders put in, but over forty thousand hours of this. Um, and it just begs the question, if if it reinforced what was in the committee's report, as you know, it had been released, just like, just like they would have given all the details, all the facts, all the mathematics to back up the big steal, they, 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 would, have, uh, they would have put that out. You would have seen that you know, in, in enormous detail. Um, but it didn't. And so now you've had the court ruling in, in Denver yesterday. And the court ruling in Denver, and this is why the importance of putting in a committee report, putting in a committee report when there's questions about the committee itself, not having a ranking member, not having minority counsel to do the traditional, whether it was Watergate or whether it was Iran-Contra, uh, just the normal course of how Congress is actually ha- actually functions. Um, that, that report now is, is also going to be put forward because the judge in Denver made it such a central part. It was the central part. Uh, and although the head police officer was really the lawyer for the committee that just reinforced hearsay. So that's going to be central. Also, I think they've opened up Pandora's box because of what her ruling saying that you can submit a congressional report. Then why can't you submit a congressional report on the Hunter Biden situation and that and put it in and have, you know, attorneys generals in, 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 in certain states start to put forward that. Uh, they want to take uh, Biden off the ballot. All of a sudden, you're into you're into a frick for frack. But that's you know maybe what's going to take place here. I do agree with um, and and I do agree with Mike Davis that this is going to I think quickly go to the Colorado Supreme Court, uh, and I think we'll get a ruling on this in a couple of weeks. And this is going to go to the Supreme Court. But in the Supreme Court too, remember uh, the issue here about uh, the pressure that's going to come on the Trump um, appointees. Comey Barrett and Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, um, to recuse themselves. So this is a long way from finish. This is just another aspect. People also, I think it would be helpful to keep in mind this concept of opportunity cost. Something doesn't cost you just what the out-of-pocket or what the investment cost is. You have to think about this when you're making investments. It's the opportunity cost of either what the company is not doing uh, that they could be pursuing during that time or the opportunity cost of what your capital could do at the time. Remember, one of the things about President Trump is that they're trying to uh, just um, it, it take his mind, his mind, his resources, his time, because remember, the time is the most precious thing you have and your focus just to have everything, to have everything from the, the trial in New York, which is a stripping of his assets, uh, to these uh, burgeoning, I think there's nine or ten of these uh, 14th Amendment cases. And listen, this is the reason that as soon as that paper came out from the, uh, from the Federal Society, I go, wow, Leonard Leo's Federal Society did this with two quote-unquote constitutional lawyers. This is going to create a firestorm. And the source guys picked up on it. And it's very evident that this is, you know, this is one of the things that's on the opportunity cost. Okay, more about this. Uh, obviously, on Monday we're going to put up, we're going to put up all the aspects of it over the weekend, and we're going to have more about this in detail on Monday. Uh, I think we're, um, uh, yes, I, we're very honored now to have uh, Bishop uh, Joseph Strickland 
uh, formerly the Bishop of Tyler, Texas, but in Tyler, Texas. Uh, Bishop, thank you so much for joining us. I have a question. Bishop, we have obviously a very large traditional Catholic audience uh, that, that, that is uh, uh, active members of what we call the Warren Posse, but we also have, an extre- we have a, a lot of evangelical Christians. And I want to make sure that people fully understand uh, this issue about why you got relieved or, or terminated as bishop of Tyler, Texas. First off, something's just happened in the church, and I don't think it's been explained to people. This synod and synodality, I can't even pronounce it, this this conference that took place. And look, we don't believe in coincidences here in the war room. You know, you, you were relieved right after that's, that finished and reports are starting to come out. Can, can you just explain to our audience of traditional Catholics and evangelical Christians, what is a, what is a synod? And, and it looked like many of the things coming out of there were not what I would call the traditional Catholic teachings I learned as a young altar boy. Could, could you walk us through that? Sure. Um, well, a synod, it's an ancient gathering for the church. Primarily, I mean, they speak of a bishop's synod. Technically, in reality, because there were bishops present, but there were laity present also, as from what I understand, fully equally voting members. So that's not a bishop's synod. That's a synod with bishops participating, which really is a whole different uh, entity. But a synod in history is a coming together of leaders of the church, bishops, to discuss various issues. Um, We've had several synods in recent years, Uh, the Synod on the Amazon, the Synod on Youth, the Synod on Africa. I think there was one with Pope Benedict. So a synod is simply coming together to discuss issues in the church. Um, I would say, and I'm honestly, I I don't know the finer points of the real distinction between a council like the Second Vatican Council, which is a higher level, more significant, more structured. Uh, So councils, there have been about 20 in the history of the church. Synod, there have been many more than that. Uh, A synod is a a lower level, similar kind of coming together, not so much legislative as discussing issues and and looking at how the church addresses those issues. So the the popes and many of the leaders in the 19th century warned us about this issue of modernity, and it's kind of been a, an issue ever since then, particularly in the in the 20th century, which was so bloody and so barbaric. Is is the synod? You know, you're called <clears throat> by many many people here in this country America's bishop. And one of the reasons you've always stood up for the traditional faith and, and, and precepts of the of the church um, is is this concept of modernity. Is it now infiltrated the church? Is it taken over church teachings? Is the synod, which come people, it's coming out with kind of reports or people or traditional Catholics going, we don't know what's going on here. Is this an issue between the traditional beliefs of the Catholic Church and modernity? I do think that that is is really uh, a significant part of it. I have to say I've talked to to many in this past week. Um, And I guess as I keep talking, uh, maybe I come to a better understanding of things. I think the Synod is, at least for many, Uh, an instrument to try to change traditional teachings of the church that they believe need to be changed. Um, I disagree. Certainly there is a development of the understanding of these truths, but because I focus on Jesus Christ, truth incarnate, as the person, a real human being, always fully the Son of God, God and man, walking this earth, teaching, I focus on Jesus Christ. And just as you and I are men who have lived a certain number of years in life, but we don't change into a different person. We don't 
drastically change. I mean, you get older, you, you get gray hair, maybe less hair, things, you know, the body changes, yes. And hopefully the heart and mind change. They grow deeper, grow, I mean, we talk about growing with the wisdom of years. Um, so Jesus Christ, as a really incarnate human being, changed from an infant to a fully grown uh, man, strong and able to do his work of his public ministry. That, to me, is the best way I keep going back to clarity, that these changes of basic truth, he is truth incarnate. People are wanting to change. They're wanting to change Christ. They're wanting to change his body, his mystical body, the church. And I simply say, no. I believe it's not just, oh, we need to resist this change. It's not going to happen. You don't change reality no matter how much you want to. Reality is reality. God is the Lord of the universe. The truth, whether we believe it or not, I believe, and the what God has revealed to us is that he as Lord holds it all together. And he is truth. His son, truth incarnate. Truth that came to walk among us and to teach us and to heal us and to guide us from that time until now, in our Catholic faith, he's still with us, especially in the Eucharist, but in all the sacraments and in the power of his word. And I guess what I've learned, and I really believe um, I have been removed because I'm not with the program of this change that the Synod is very much promoting. And it's, it's ironic, I was just talking to someone else this morning I just finished publishing with a, a lot of help that I received, but and through a lot of prayer, I wrote a letter uh, with a, basically with my concern about this coming Senate. It was written August 22nd, the Queenship of Merit. I wrote a letter and highlighted seven areas that are up for question. Then I say, no, this is truth revealed by truth incarnate, Jesus Christ. And it's not going to change. No matter how much we may write new documents that say it's changed, that doesn't change the truth. And I wrote seven follow-up letters. And ironically, a month ago, October 17th, those the last of those letters was published. Here I am, almost to the day, a month later, I'm removed. Because I think those letters, along with hopefully, I've tried to be really focused on teaching the truth for the past five or six years, because that really came to me as my mission as a successor of the apostles. Not to teach me, not to focus on me. I know a lot of people accuse me of that. But when what's interesting for me is, as I've taught the truth, it's gained a lot of attention. These letters, really simple. I'm no great theologian, but they are, I believe, a clear statement in these areas of what the Catholic Church believes, truth through the ages, that is deepened. But the truth about marriage, a man and a woman committed for life, open to children, that is marriage. And that is the only place in Catholic teaching where living out a sexual relationship is moral and according to God. So all the discussion at the Senate and beyond in, in sense, and will continue, I'm sure, all the push to say, whatever you call it, but these unions, sexual unions of people that are not a man and a woman married for life, open to children, they're immoral according to what the Catholic Church teaches. That isn't going to change. Okay, Environ Cleanse never does this. They just announced a massive Black Friday discount. Now, let me tell you why this is important. EnviroCleanse is predicting another triple-demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it. That's why I got EnviroCleanse for the war room, the new science in home air purification 
The reason is that they are uh, approved by the Pentagon. They're approved by the Department of Defense for Navy combatants. When I was a young ensign and an auxiliary engineer, the uh, air purification came under my auspices, and I can tell you that this is the product that you want because it qualifies to be used on a Navy combatant. EnviroCleanse, the military-grade technology, wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. That's why the Navy chose it, to protect the air on board our Navy ships. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. It's available now for your home with that technology. And do it before a virus takes your whole family down. Right now, you can save 35% during their Black Friday sale. Plus, get fast, free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's EK for EnviroCleanse. ekpure.com and use promo code STEVE35 for 35% off. That's ekpure.com, code STEVE35 for the 35% discount. They've never done this before, so take advantage of it. ekpure.com, action, action, action. That is the truth that God has revealed to us about our humanity. The, tr- the church could change every document, but that doesn't change the truth. And frankly, I mean, there have been lots of discussions about why was I removed? I believe that it was because I'm not cooperating and just either staying silent or saying, oh, yeah, let's change all these things. Let's, let's you know, delete the part of Scripture that it gets inconvenient because it contradicts it. I say no. And frankly, that's why I believe I'm no longer Bishop of Tyler. Could, could you talk about, you said seven areas. Could you mention a couple, two or three others or a couple of others that are a, a pressing concern for you in those areas that you were, you're concerned about, about this uh, well, um, um, moving away from sure. traditional teachings? Yeah, um, certainly the question of marriage, the question of the sanctity of life, Um, The question of who are we? Uh, The question of who is God? Uh, You know, the Synod, uh, and I don't claim to have read everything that came from the Synod, but from what I have seen, and the whole tone, it's like very little mention of Jesus Christ. We believe in a week or so, we will celebrate Jesus Christ, King of the universe, as a feast both in the old calendar and in the Novus Ordo calendar. They changed dates, but that feast has been there, celebrating Christ as king of the universe. If we believe that, then saying that he's one among many, which is one of the tones, at least, of the Senate, that you know we need to welcome everyone and, and all the faiths, we're sort of on equal level. No, we believe he's God's son. He's the incarnate Word of God. There is no other. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I think that's a basic issue. Um, the So these issues in the seven letters, the subsequent letters, the seven points, are part of the fabric of what we believe. Uh, who is God? What is the church? The church is the mystical body of Christ. It is we believe as Catholics, was established by Christ. It's not one religion among many. And in our Catholic faith, and a lot of people say, oh, arrogance or whatever, but it's our belief that it is the religion. Catholicism is the church that the Son of God, the creator of all, established to guide us to what it's all about, eternal salvation. Um, So, those are some of the, the basic issues that are up for discussion. And the emphasis on the Catholic Church, certainly, I mean, the I don't, and the Church doesn't say. If you're not Catholic, you're not going to heaven. Um, but it does say the vehicle that God has given us is the Catholic Church. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the church that he established. I believe Peter was the first pope, and I believe in the Petron office. I believe that Pope Francis is 
today's presently the Pope, but he's certainly being influenced. Um, I've met Pope Francis, but we haven't had a lot of conversations. I don't claim that. I don't know him well. I know that there are people that surround him in the Vatican that have been very clear about changing these truths. Pope Francis has been less clear. Um, I think many find what he says confusing and sometimes contradictory. So it's certainly, and we pray, I've asked people, and it, that's what I've said to the people in the diocese, how do you respond to this, my removal? It's not about me, it's about all of us being faithful to Christ and following him and flourishing in his light and grace. So I've urged people, please don't let this make you so disgusted that with the church that you walk away. Go deeper. Get to know the sacred heart of Christ more deeply. Bishop, one of the powers of your message is the simplicity of it and going back to original church teachings, which are immutable and, you know, 2000, over 2,000 years old, particularly to our Protestant audience and evangelical audience, how can you make the case that the Catholic Church, maybe we have to define what the church is, if it appears, not Francis, let's say not Francis himself, but certainly the leadership, the, the bureaucratic and administrative leadership of the church today just doesn't simply believe they think you're a troglodyte. Uh, they they think you're t- they think what you put forward is from a time and place of millennia ago, and it doesn't set the, it's not appropriate in the modern world with modern values and modern mores. It's exactly what the popes in the 19th century warned about that modernity would finally overtake the the, the church itself. So how do, how do you for our for our rest of our audience and maybe even some of the Catholics out there are not traditional Catholics? How how is it that the leadership of what most people look at as a Catholic church. I mean, you're a bishop, but Tyler, Texas is a relatively, it's a robust and vibrant uh, uh, diocese under you, but it's relatively small. The leaders of the church, the people that get all the media attention, I hate to be so brutally frank, simply don't believe what you believe and simply don't believe that's actually true, sir. Well, Steve, I I agree with you. I think that the words you use, the bureaucracy and administration, and to me, that's that's part of the whole point. The church isn't ultimately bureaucracy. She is the mystical body of Christ. We believe that every believing Christian, which is one who believes that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, I believe that they are woven into the mystical body of Christ. I believe in the the structures that are the church, the papacy, uh, the episcopacy, that I remain a bishop. I'm not a local ordinary of a diocese any longer, but I am a bishop. We are successors of the apostles. And I guess really the best way I can answer your question, Steve, is to say it's about a heritage of apostolic faith. I'm a success as bishop. To me, the best description of my work as bishop is successor of the apostles. Um, Bishop just means overseer. And there is administration implied in that. But what the church is, is in the year 2023, the, the people of God who are connected to the apostles and to the saints and martyrs through the ages who have lived and many, the martyrs, been willing to die because they knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as God's Son, and He is real to them. You can't tell me that a 20th century martyr or a 1st century martyr or any in between died because of some bureaucratic administrative uh, commitment. They died because they knew Jesus Christ as who he is. We believe, I was just in this morning blessed with the opportunity to pray with him in 
Eucharistic adoration. And when I say pray with him, I mean that quite literally. As Catholics, that's the beauty of the Eucharist. He's really there, what we call the real presence. And frankly, it's this kid from East Texas, because God has guided me to a deeper relationship with his son, with his sacred heart in Eucharistic adoration. That's why I'm talking to you this morning. That's why I find myself in this strange and interesting moment in my life, because I am so deeply committed to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know I prayed with him this morning. He is not a distant Lord somewhere in the dim past. He's right here. He's present. He's Lord of the church, Lord of the world, and I will follow him no matter what. Bishop, you were the uh, only, I think, um, bishop. There were some priests that that went to uh, to stand with uh, the uh, Hispanic uh, Catholic community and uh, the traditional Catholic community at Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine, during that travesty of the mockery of the nuns. In addition, you went the other day and prayed the rosary because you weren't allowed into the conference of bishops, so you prayed the rosary outside. In both cases, has any other American bishop either supported your efforts uh, in standing up to the to the travesty and mockery of uh, of sanctified nuns? And of any of the bishops, uh, and we know Vigano and some others overseas, but of any American bishops come forward and backed. Uh, your interpretation or, or the, the, the content and substance of your letter letters and your themes about the current crisis in the church? A few have privately expressed their, I guess I would express it as brotherhood and support with me, uh, telling me that they're praying for me and indicating that they are sorry that things have resulted this way. Um, but really, Steve, I mean, like with the, the Dodger stadium, um, people speculated, oh, well, that's reason being Bishop Strickland is having this apostolic visitation that was planned long before, um, I visited Dodger stadium. I went there because I was asked to go. Um, I did let Archbishop Gomez know that I'd been asked and he said, well, well I'm not really supporting this, but, you know, he didn't say I couldn't go or shouldn't go. I thought it was important. I was very pleased that I was there because to me it was a model of what we need to do. Not violence, not attacking anyone. I mean, everyone is a child of God, beloved before God. Um, And the respect we should have for each other, that's why I'm so speak out so much about the sanctity of the life of the unborn. And it's frustrating. It is frustrating to me that, I mean, and I've had many say, oh, please just quit talking so much about that. But to me, it's the root cause of the wars we see, of the violence, of everything that is falling apart in society and in the church is because, as some people have said, when we lost the truth, of the reality of a newly conceived child in the womb, who they are and how valuable they are. And we allow this program of ongoing slaughter of them. As long as we're allowing that culture of death, as Pope St. John Paul II spoke of it, as long as that is sort of the law of the land and the tone of our society, that unborn children are so devalued they can be slaughtered at will, then any right to life, any sanctity of any person is tenuous, at least. And I think we tragically see that all over the place. That's why I tirelessly speak up for the sanctity of the life of the unborn, because that is a cornerstone of society. And when we pull that cornerstone out, things start to crumble. And I think we're seeing that. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it, you wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. 
The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's done to debt com done with debt.com go there today action 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 stop the worrying take action i, I want to go to the removal and to your to the, your beliefs that this ties to um your core beliefs are essentially the traditional teachings of the church that have been handed down in an unbroken chain for over two thousand years it is extraordinary to remove a bishop Normally, if there's a removal, it's for some sort of incompetence in, in managing the diocese or some sort of administration. It's almost unheard of. I think you got to go back to the 80s with Lefebvre in, in France. To remove a bishop, I mean, it's almost mind-boggling. To remove a bishop who is preaching a, or preaching a teaching and living a teaching, as you showed at Dodger Stadium, that is the absolute immutable truth of the church from its very beginning. How can people process this? I mean, what does it tell us about the modern church? It's, how, how can you process the fact that an individual who preaches a very traditional um, message about immutable truths of the church could possibly be removed when everything else in your diocese, the administration, is, it's, a, it's a vibrant diocese. You've got seminarians, I think 22 seminarians. Everything else is is top drawer. Your teaching is traditional, and you're removed for your teaching. What are how do people supposed to process that? Well, Steve, I, I think people need to pay attention to that, um, and again, hold strong to their faith. As I said, the morning, the first interview I did, um, I, the morning uh, that I was removed, I said, please. Please don't let this pull you away from the church. Like I said, the church is the mystical body of Christ. It is apostolic. It is rooted in people. It is rooted in the person of the Son of God. Yes, they're through the edges. I mean, you can review church history and see these kinds of moments. But the truth pervades. The truth prevails. The truth is of God. Um, and I guess the, the thing that I would say to people that are unsure is, and, and, and I've said this to many people that have asked me, how do we navigate this? Well, I've navigated it by turning to Christ and knowing he is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Look to him at the, in the Gospels and all of Scripture and listen to his words, take them to heart, and if they're saying, you're saying, oh, that's difficult to do. Love your enemies. Forgive 70 times seven. That's inhuman in many ways. But that's what he says. And that, I believe, is embracing that as imperfectly as I do. I'm a sinner. I go to confession often because I need to. But I would say to people to allow this questions about the truth, Learn the truth more deeply yourself. Learn the, the truth of our Catholic faith. What does the church teach about marriage, about life, about the sacraments, about the word of God, about the structures of the church, about everything? Learn it more deeply and hold more tightly to this ancient truth that is ever ancient, ever new. That's one description of the church. Um, so I would urge people to know that Ultimately, God is truth. The universe is held together 
our beautiful world, and there is so much beauty, there's so much good and true and beautiful reality with all that we're facing. There's so many good, faithful people in the Catholic Church and beyond. We need to see that goodness, be full of hope and joy and light in knowing Jesus Christ. Look to the, the witness of people. Uh, uh, one thing that I would suggest, it, it's helped me a lot, get to know the saints, read their stories. And, you know, you can find out patron saints of all sorts of different issues that we face, patron saints of mental illness, patron saints of, of substance abuse. I mean, but they're patron saints of that because they had struggles that echoed some of the struggles that people have in the world today. They were just people like us. Some of my favorites are the saintly bishops, and frankly, the ones that were martyred. Uh, St. John Fisher, he's the only bishop I know of by name in the time of Henry VIII. I know his name because he died for this faith that I'm fighting for, the truth. And the same thing for St. Thomas More, the same thing for um, St. Thomas Becket, uh, many of the martyrs, laity, clergy, religious, or many of the great saints like Catherine of Siena, a great heroic woman. Talk about feminine power and womanly grace. St. Catherine of Siena is a beautiful model of that. And she lived in a difficult time. But the saints remind us this is a real human family. We, we talk about the cloud of witnesses. And I think encourage people that are discouraged to find a saint, find out the saint of today, the saint that's coming up in this week, um, martyr or otherwise, learn about them. And if that one doesn't really capture your imagination, move on to the next one. But there's, there's a wonderful community of saints through 2000 years and very recent. One of the most inspiring for me, um, not canonized yet, but I'm sure one day he will be, uh, Blessed Miguel Pro. I mean, I love to quote him and some of the other Cristeros martyrs who said, Que viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. They said that going to their death, echoing what other martyrs said. Ultimately, it's living Jesus Christ that gives our lives meaning and direction for eternity. And if you have to die for him, there's no better reason to die than proclaiming que viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. When, when Cardinal Ratzinger uh, became Pope, he took the name Benedict. And part of that, it was talked about at the time that he believe that the church, I'm not saying get smaller, but you needed, just like Benedict during the Dark Ages, you had to have communities of lived Christianity. And it was more important, it wasn't so important the scale of that and the size of that, whether it was a billion people or two billion people. The point was you had to li live the eternal truths of the church. Do you think that that's what the traditional Catholic faith here in the United States, that that not followers of yours, but people that call you America's bishop and and adhere to or drawn to your more traditional interpretation of our faith. Do you think that that is what uh, is is the way forward? Because your your opponents in the bureaucracy and the administration, they 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 they, they their concern is a is a schism, a schism, right? Where there be some there'd be some sort of cleavage. Uh, in the church. Do you believe that your followers or the followers of this more traditional Catholicism will go forward like Benedict had pre predicted? I think very likely. Um, I mean, Pope Benedict, prior to being Cardinal Ratzinger, um, he was a, a priest, a, a learned theologian. He participated in Vatican II, and he said some of those things early on long before he was a cardinal, certainly long before he was Pope Benedict. And I think that there he did have an awareness of, in his wisdom and his deep theology and his deep faith, 
I think he saw some things coming that are becoming much more evident. And so that's one thing that is a consolation for me about this beautiful flock of Tyler that I'm no longer the bishop of, but I continue to pray. And I know many of them pray for me. We pray for each other as the mystical body of Christ, the church, that is really without borders, what its membership in the mystical body of Christ, deeply believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord, doing our best to, as he says, if you love me, follow my commandments, doing our best to do that, and being strong enough to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. And for us as Catholics, go to confession when we're aware of small or large ways that we've failed to live with him as our Lord and Savior, to live his commandments, to show our love for him. So one of the things that consoles me is a number of people have moved here, intent, I mean, intentional communities, as you could say, because they said, we want to be somewhere where the truth of Christ is joyfully proclaimed and we do our best to live it. And there are others, their brothers and sisters. I mean, it's great to have the the cloud of witnesses and the saints of old. But it's also great to have people down the street who say, let's live Christ. Let's support each other in avoiding sin and darkness and seeking virtue more and more deeply, ready to forgive each other, ready forgive to forgive the enemies that sometimes come at us as people of faith. Uh, I would hope that here in Tyler and in many places, People will come together in communities of faith, as you could say, small communities representing the worldwide community that is the mystical body of Christ. It's right here present with people going to adoration, people praying the rosary, people going to daily mass and going with great devotion and reverence to Sunday mass, people coming together, having meals in their homes and and discussing the faith. Um, that is the mystical body of Christ incarnate and really present in a beautiful, relatively small city of Tyler, Texas, or anywhere around the world. Thankfully, here in this nation, with all of our troubles, we still have the freedom to come together in prayer. People regularly go to our courthouse square in downtown Tyler and pray the rosary. I know they will continue to do that. Just because I'm no longer the bishop, they will continue to do that as long as they possibly can. And their prayers are a benefit to all of us. So I guess the answer that I would have, Steve, is to the extent that what Pope Benedict, when he was Father Ratzinger, spoke about these issues that we're facing now, stay strong in your faith in Jesus Christ, Know his immutable truth because he is a person incarnate among us who is also the son of God and is real to, revealed to us just by the way he walked this earth beyond his teachings, beyond his wonderful healings and right, raising people from the dead. Simply by his presence here, he, he gave the example of what it is to be a man and what it is to be a human being living in the will and the word of his father, because he is as son. He always reflects the father as John's gospel beautifully tells us. Uh, Bishop Strickland, how do people uh, follow you? How do they, where do they go to follow your writings, to get the letters to, to all of it? Is there a central place people can go? Well, what I'd recommend if people want to uh, know what I'm saying as things go on, uh, bishopstrickland.com. Um, it's a personal website, and I'm, I'm in the midst right now of, it had been part of the website of the Diocese of Tyler, and those technical things are being addressed, so it's offline right now, but I'm actually meeting this week with the individuals that arrange all of that stuff so that my bishopstrickland.com can be what it is, my personal website, where I do my best. The letters that I mentioned are available there. And uh, many things, it started off as a blog when I was still a priest here in the Diocese of Tyler. 
and then it became bishopstrickland.com. It will be coming back online soon. And that's probably the simplest and uh, best way to follow me. I mean, many people appreciate my tweets. Many people don't appreciate my tweets. Um, and Twitter is, well, I guess it's not Twitter anymore, but anyway, I'm not sure what they call it. X is, uh, is challenging and it, it sort of reflects our culture, but I've believed that I should continue there. I do plan to, to take a, a pause to, uh, to just pray more and focus more after all of this. I mean, it seems like it's been a month. It's only been a week, um, almost exactly, <laughs> almost to the hour. Uh, a week ago is when it was announced that I would no longer be Bishop of Tyler. But um, that's how people can follow me, bishopstrickland.com. And, and what, is the, uh, what is your Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, how do people follow you? Um, I think it's Bish Strickland. I, I had to, because it used to be Bishop of Tyler. Let me see. I can just look at it. Um, but I had to change that, of course. And it wouldn't fit to say, you know, holy Bishop Strickland. So it's Bish Strickland <laughs> at B-I-S-H Strickland. Strickland. Okay, fine. We will we will make sure that gets out and promulgated. Uh, Bishop uh, Strickland, honored to have you on here. Thank you very much uh, for joining us and enlightening our audience. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Bishop Joseph Strickland, almost to the hour, one week ago, removed as uh, the Bishop of Tyler, Texas. I've got a couple of minutes. I want to go to Rome and our own uh, Ben Harnwell. Ben, your, your overall thoughts on on, uh, on the situation with Bishop Strickland. I mean, it couldn't be clearer. His message, one of the reasons it's so powerful and resonates, it's the simplicity of it, and, and that is the power of it. Uh, your thoughts? I think that's also the reason Francis got rid of him, uh, because of the simplicity and coherence of his message. Francis, Pope Francis, is a master of ambiguity and incoherence, um, and I think he has an allergic reaction. No, excuse me, let me correct myself. He goes into anaphylactic shock when he sees a Catholic bishop being authentically Catholic in the public square. Regarding Bishop Strickland, uh, and I couldn't have more respect for the guy. I think he, he's absolutely grateful. He, he really is that rare thing, which is a, a true pastor who doesn't abandon his flock for the wolves. There is perhaps the kernel of something here, Steve, that might um, that that might bear fruit beyond the the, the encouragement and sustenance of, of the faithful, um, and that's this: the Catholic Church has been, that is, say, the Vatican. I should be 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 more precise. The Vatican has been arguing um, for a number of years in U.S. courts that um, it's it's not um, legible to be sued in the United States on the sex abuse crisis because it claims that bishops aren't employees. It's a long story and I have a, I have a couple of articles which I'll call on. Um, I don't know if we're heading into a break, Steve, or whether I can go ahead and read a quote that I have um, straight off because around this, everything revolves. The, the quote I go, have... We got over is, a minute. Just read it. Go ahead. Yeah, right, okay. go ahead. This is... Um, the article here is by John Allen, a very well-known Vatican correspondent. This is from an article in 2010. Okay, He's, He cites when the Vatican successfully, in 2010, uh, moved itself in, in a Kentucky court from, from being sued as part of a, a class action suit worth hundreds of, potentially hundreds of millions in damaging damages. The, the, the Vatican law, lawyer, Jeffrey Lehner, successfully argued uh, that, the, that the Vatican, the Pope, doesn't have direct oversight over bishops. Um, and as part of that defence, they submitted a, a, an interpretation by uh, what's called a canon lawyer, which is an expert in, uh, in Vatican law. That's one of them, probably the most famous living canonists, and Ed, Edward Peters. Now, and he noted in this... Hang on one second, we only got about... 15 seconds. I want to hold that to after we get back from the break. Uh, short commercial break. Ben Harwell is going to join us from Rome on the other side. We just finished the um, interview with Bishop Joseph Strickland, 
one week, almost to the minute when he was relieved uh, by the Vatican. Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. I wouldn't want to live without it. This is nutrition the way nature intended. I get way more energy. My skin looks better. It helps with my digestion. I just feel better and healthier overall. That's how I knew Field of Greens was working for me. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. And with flu season here, I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy, not some vaccine. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. I got you 15% off your first order and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Do it today. Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Bishop Strickland uh, talked about the lives of the saints and particularly the martyrs which I thought was very, very powerful. Uh, ben Harnwell, he reminds me of what St. John Fisher, St. Thomas More, uh, individuals that stood there and gave it all for their faith. Continue on. Uh, talk about uh, talk about this Kentucky situation, this this, this letter. Steve, I'll, I'll come back on, on a later show and drill down this. It is so important. Before reading this paragraph, this is one paragraph, I'm going to just annotate it ahead of time. Two words here. Canonist is a is a lawyer in in Vatican law, and a canon is is an article of, of Vatican law. Okay, I'm going to read this verbatim. So it's quoting here that this deposition, which Jeffrey Lehner, who was the Vatican lawyer, successfully defended the Holy See in in, in Kentucky. He he put in that in his defence a deposition by Edward Peters, who's probably the the, the world's pre- preeminent Vatic, um, canonist. Now. Here's the article by John Allen from 2010. Peters notes that canon law does not actually give the Pope or the Holy See the power to remove a bishop against his will, at least in an explicit sense. Instead, canon 401 says that a bishop unable to fulfil his office for health or some other grave reason is earnestly requested to resign. It's a debated point among canonists whether there are any circumstances in which a pope can remove a bishop by fiat or whether some form of consent is always required. This is exactly what Francis did to Bishop Strickland. He, bishop, the bishop refused to resign and Francis sacked him. The reason this is so important here, as, as this article goes on to say, is that's relevant because the power to hire and fire is a standard secular test for an employer employee relationship. Steve, after 20 and um, the, the elections in 2024, um, with a change of administration in the US, it is possible, you know, I would strongly encourage that, that, that a future Trump administration revisits this court case and submits the Strickland case um, on behalf of the plaintiffs back to Kentucky in light wow. of this. Wow. In light of this, wow. um, and, and, and encourages an action, a class action, wow. potentially worth trillions on behalf of the United States, directly to the Vatican to seize its assets. And what is different between now uh, and, and when this, this case emerged in 2010, Steve, is there's a different government here in, um, in Italy that might very well be inclined to cooperate with the, the US government's claim on Vatican wow. assets. You're such a radical. Um, we'll get into more of it next week. I got to take some time to explain this. What Ben just proposes is, is quite radical. Harnwell, uh, get, go to confession this afternoon. Ben, where do people get you? I, I love it. You're thinking outside the box, brother. That's connecting dots, as we say in the war room. Where do people go to get you over the weekend till we get you back on uh, here Monday? I- at Steve Batten on Getter, it's the greatest profile on the platform. <laughs> the newsletter on, on warroom.org and, of course, Bannon's War Room on Rumble. And, uh, and make, sure you download the, make sure you download the podcast, all of it. Uh, give us a review. Thank you, Ben Harnwell. Thank you for your comments. We're, we'll break down what you had to say on Monday. 
Also, Todd Benz, we have time for Todd. Todd is going to break down the entire Ratner presentation on Morning Joe about why 10 million illegal alien invaders are here. They try to make the case, well, a lot of it's legal. It's not going to be a problem. Uh, Benzman's going to break that all down section by section, so we're going to take a lot of time on that. I uh, want to thank the team at Birch Gold. Over the weekend, if you haven't read The End of the Dollar Empire, you need to read it. It, it informs the fights we're going to have as soon as they get back. On Tuesday after Thanksgiving, I think it is, Monday or Tuesday, when these fights are going to intensify because it's less than a month to go before, quote-unquote, the government shutdown again. And this is going to be the big fight. Uh, we need you fully up to speed, particularly the section on the debt traps. Make sure you go to birchgold.com uh, slash Bannon and go do it today. Get totally up to speed. Take this weekend to do it. I'll be up on Getter the entire weekend putting up information uh, this interview we had with, and I want to thank Real America's Voice. I want to thank Robin Parker Sig, our entire team in Denver. We broke, uh, we blew three breaks there. I think it was 40 minutes in its entirety. I really want to thank people. Mike Lindell, uh, we're getting rave reviews from the Warren Posse about the sales. What can we look forward to over the weekend, brother? Well, yesterday, Steve, the Warren Posse helped us uh, have a sales record day yesterday. Uh, in the last three months, it was the biggest day. Today should be even bigger, everybody, because today is the last day, and it's only for the War Room Posse. You can get the Giza Dream Sheets. This is it. It's all over All over the uh, uh, TV today. Our ads started everywhere today, where these are on sale for $89.98, the queen size. We have one more day of the War Room Posse. We take another $30 off, $59.98. This is it, everybody. King size, $69.98. These are the sheets that made us famous. Call the operators right now at 800-873-1062. Use that promo code WARROOM. Once again, this is the last day of this exclusive WARROOM posse. Steve, they've been great. All of you, too, There's your. Uh, there, go to the website. You can get all these other specials yet. Uh, 50% off the, or the MyPillow 2.0. 50% off those towels. $29.98. All the colors are in. And they are, they're $29.98 uh, for a six-pack set. You have all our beds, 100% made in the USA. They're up to 50% off. You have the, um, the MyPillow mattress toppers. But uh, the big news of the day is get those Giza Dream Sheets, everybody. It's exclusive, $59.98 for the queen, $69.98 for the king. And I've got a big surprise on Monday for the War Room Posse. They'll be the first in the nation okay. to get something really, really special on Monday. Awesome. 800-873-1062. Make sure you keep the operators open. Maybe have a chat with them, too. Tell them we haven't forgotten about them when you call. Mike, thank you so much uh, for taking time away today. Thank you uh, for keeping the sale up for the War Room Posse on the Giza Sheets. We'll see you back here on Monday, sir. Mike Lindell. Yeah, thank Mike you. Thanks, Steve. Uh, honored to be a partner of the people on the factory floor and the operators. Not going to let them shut down. Um Okay, I'll be up on Getter. I got a lot to go through. Make sure you go over, check out Birch Gold, get the uh, get the end of the dollar empire. Get yourself some coffee. Treat yourself on Thanksgiving. Make sure you're 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 serving uh, your friends and uh, neighbors and relationships, or maybe not War Room Posse fans or Steve Bannon fans. Serve them some Warpath coffee. Warpath hot coffee. Slash War Room. Do it for Thanksgiving. Monday, all offense. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's going to be an incredible week. we got a lot planned. You're not going to want to miss it. I'll be up on Getter the entire weekend. We'll be back here live at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday morning. See you then in the War Room. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. 
Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.